1: Live from the 6th and Peabody Studio and across the Outkick Network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski.
2: How good is Brandon Wright? Always great having uh, him in studio, hanging out with him. Uh, he will not be a stranger to Outkick 360, that is for sure. Uh, great seeing him here at 6th and Peabody. Hour number two is underway. With Ehab here and Old Smoky Moonshine, we've got the live watch party going on today, uh, both inside and outside, where the place is packed. A lot of Purdue fans and a lot of Purdue fans that are happy. They're up 78-50 over Yale with 2.18 to play in the second half. We'll get you a full scoreboard coming up. Uh, the breaking news and headlines across sports right now, no upsets today, but maybe a bit of the, uh, an upset from the Browns' perspective. Deshaun Watson has done an about-face. He wants to be traded to the Cleveland Browns. And Albert Breer reports that the Browns are trading three first-round picks and two additional picks to the Texans for Watson. That's the deal. Uh, And I'm I'm sure players will be involved too. Uh, Denzel Ward has been mentioned as a part of this contract. Watson gets a fully guaranteed five-year, $230 million contract from Cleveland. That's $80 million more than the previous record for fully guaranteed money at signing, which was 150 And I think 150 was Dak Prescott, if I'm not mistaken. If not Dak Prescott, it's Josh Allen. Um, and, yeah, Watson's going to Cleveland. So another great quarterback is headed to the AFC.
0: It's crazy. Three first-round picks, two additional picks. Yep. Um, all reports are Baker Mayfield will be dealt. Also now, obviously, with Sean Watson coming in. So then that raises the question, okay, where, if it's not Houston? Maybe um, it's Indy. Might be a good day to, I don't know if he's uh, able, but might be a good day to try to connect with John McClain and talk to him a bit about this news.
2: We will will be uh, reaching out there. Also, uh, Devontae Adams, that trade is official, uh, from Green Bay He's now officially a Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver.
0: Another uh, bit of news, Austin Hooper, former Browns tight end, has signed with the Titans. Uh, That news coming down from Tom Pelissero. So uh, Titans fans getting a little bit anxious, not making any moves. That's their biggest move to date. Huge position of need. uh, Is tight end. And uh, Austin Hooper had maybe his worst year statistically a year ago uh, with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. But Titans obviously hoping to get a little bit more out of him. Tennessee Vols showed out, and then so did St. Peter's
2: against Kentucky. And then the game after that went to overtime as well, where Murray State took down San Francisco. Trey Wallace is in Indianapolis and covered it all for Outkick.com. Trey, what a, uh, a four-pack of games you were able to witness yesterday.
1: That was, uh, that was fun. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> um, it was. Uh, I mean, look. I mean, look. We had, we had some good games up here. Starting off with Michigan and Tennessee. will play tomorrow, and then, you know, we, we you know Tennessee game, and then we get into the nightcappers. You know, with with Kentucky and St. Peter's and the Murray State game. It was just wild, and it, you know, um, the Tennessee game was good. You know, the the Michigan game was good, but then we got to that damn Peacocks. First Wildcats game, and I'm telling you, I have seen some basketball before, but but that team didn't have a band, they didn't have their cheerleaders there, they flew in a mascot, you know, maybe 200 people behind me, it was just, it was the craziest environment for a team to pull off that big of an upset. And everything surrounding it, especially with the blue mist that was in town.
0: I mean, and they, they went and showed their watch party at one point, Trey, back in Jersey City. And it, it looked like a, a Western Civ discussion. I mean, it was probably 30 people it looked like in the room for the official St. <laughs> Peter's watch party back on campus. Not, obviously not expecting uh, this to happen. What, what was it like in the arena? Obviously dominated by Kentucky fans. But how loud did it get for St. Peter's with every other fan base there represented obviously pulling for the Peacocks late in that one?
1: Yeah, it was fun because, you know, just I I took myself out of the moment as a reporter for a minute, and I just wanted to soak it in for a second because you had San Francisco fans there, Murray State fans there, um, and then, you know, you you had the St. Peter's fans there. But then they were all surrounded by like 17,000 Kentucky fans. So, you know, all of a sudden, once we're getting near overtime, and Kentucky blows that lead, starting to hear a lot of curse words, um, starting to see a lot of frantic faces uh, in the crowd. And I kind of I got up from where I was at, and I wanted to be around the Kentucky fans uh, because I did a story after the game, and I wanted to kind of get a feel of what that was like. It was just shock. It was pissed off that they spent that much money to to come to Indianapolis. I wrote a story last night where – I spoke with one guy, that he spent $4,000 on two pairs of, of books for the weekend that he was now trying to sell for $150 a piece. Cool. Um, oh, yeah, it was crazy. I urge you guys to go back and, and read the story. It was posted late last night, but it's out there now. Um, but then, you know, I wanted to get a feel, guys, of what it was like outside the arena. So I actually walked outside the arena before the Calipari press conference, and the first thing I noticed is two Tennessee fans sitting there with fingers holding up looking for tickets. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is the perfect little narrative to go about a story. But so overall it was just you, you think Kentucky's going to win it. All of a sudden St. Peter's comes back. Peacocks pull off the upset, shock the college basketball world. And I'm just glad I got to be here and be a part of it.
2: So, uh, from your perspective, you've seen, you've seen both teams. Both teams went to overtime. Murray's favored by nine over St. Peter's tomorrow. How do you feel about that matchup?
1: I, I, I think St. Peter's is the way that they play defense, the way that they can shoot the ball. Uh, you know, you got, you got Daryl Brooks back there to third. They get 27 points last night. Um, I, I would not put it past St. Peter's to, to pull another upset uh, tomorrow. I just, I just would The way that they played, they, here's what they did, Jonathan. They did it. They, they watched what happened with Kentucky late in the season. They went back and watched the SEC tournament. They figured out, okay, we're going to let Oscar Sheway get his, and then what we're going to do is we're going to guard everybody else and not let them get theirs. Because who was the second leading scorer last night? It was Wheeler, and he had 11 points. So you you look at it; it was a perfect game plan by the Peacocks, and uh, shout out to them for for shocking the world and giving us something else to talk about besides uh, Tennessee and Michigan.
2: What is the matchup to watch for tomorrow as Tennessee takes on the Wolverines?
1: Shoot, man. I think it's going to be how they guard the post. I mean, it, you know, we we know how big Dickinson is down low. Uh, that guy's massive, seven foot two. Um, you know, he gets into double digits yesterday. I, I think it's you know here's what I went back to and I'm, I'm kind of writing about it right now, Jonathan. It's how Tennessee played Walker Kessler in Knoxville um, because you know you can you can let somebody else kind of go off and get some points, but try to make you know Nickerson make him uncomfortable in the paint. I think is the biggest thing. Tennessee can do that. We saw that with the Auburn game in in, in, in Knoxville. We saw it with the, the the Kentucky game when how they played Oscar Shebe. You're just going to have to be aggressive on the boards, and if that calls for Euros to get in there or Jonas Adu or Brandon Huntley hatfield draw some fouls, get him uncomfortable, and let the Tennessee guards go to work, which Juwan Howard was. He talked a lot about the Tennessee guards today, so I know that is on his mind going into this game tomorrow. He compared Santiago Vescovi to Reggie Miller and J.J. Reddick today for the way that he just does not stop moving on the court. So it – it's going to be a fun matchup to watch.
0: Trey, do you buy that? Jawan Howard's son, Jet Howard, was actually seriously considering Tennessee before yeah. playing for his dad. Yeah. And Jawan Howard was a, funny about a, it. You know, he said, "Hey, it was my wife was hailing his recruitment. She she liked Tennessee too damn much uh, when she went down there, and that's well, why he got serious with Tennessee. And he almost didn't come play for us."
1: I got a story coming out here probably when we get off the air about that and and the discussion that that Howard had. I. I honestly think he might have been, might have been nervous because of maybe his son wants to go make a name for himself somewhere else, that type of deal. Because we've seen that in, in college athletics, NFL, whatnot, where, I don't know about the NFL, but college athletics where a, a son, you know, he doesn't want to be in that shadow and you can't blame him. Look, they, I mean, Jawan Howard said it was, you know, his wife thought it was the best visit they've ever had. Um, And that's, you know, that's coming from, you know, his dad's the head coach at Michigan. I think, look, in talking with folks around the program and all that was going on, I think Tennessee was in on it. You know, were they ever going to get it at the end? It was going to be pretty darn tough. Rick Barnes said, hey, the one thing I've learned over time is blood is thicker, you know, than water, anything else. Um, I think it would have been tough. But I'm not – I'm not – saying that Juwan Howard's making up anything. I think he was honestly a little bit worried once his wife came back from Knoxville and realized how much fun the family had and how good of a coach Rick Barnes was.
0: So it looks like Michigan will have an advantage in the post with with Hunter Dickinson. Tennessee has the advantage of guard play, even if Devontae Jones is able to play, but he missed the Colorado State game, the starting point guard for Michigan did, with a concussion. What's his status, uh, Trey? Was, Was that updated at all by Juwan Howard?
1: So he was practicing today. Um, we weren't allowed to watch practice, but we had heard through the grapevine that he was at practice. And then Jawan said, he came in and said, you know, he, he did some things at practice today. It, it's coach speak. He was, he was at practice. He was going through the motions and everything. I would expect him to go tomorrow. Uh, Juwan Howard said he would get on his knees and pray tonight that he would be available tomorrow. Um, but my opinion is if you're able to practice, you're probably out of concussion protocol. So I I think he'll be able to go tomorrow. Um, Look, his first game back after dealing with that, expect Zakiya Ziegler, Chandler, Vescovi to be all over him tomorrow. Uh, That's where Tennessee is going to win this basketball game. Chad is is their point guard play um, and what they get out of Triple J uh, from the side. He had a phenomenal game yesterday. I expect Josiah to come out and have a great game tomorrow. Um, and, And the biggest thing is, like I've been saying, let Dickinson have his Tennessee go handle everything else and go shut down what you can. So you know, I I look for the Volunteers to win tomorrow. I, I think they have the, the the right ingredients when it comes to everybody and overall play. And you know what, guys, this team is just damn confident. They don't. They're not. They're not. They don't have a lot of swag about them. Okay. They don't. They're not cocky. They don't go out and they don't act like it is the best way to put it when they get on the court something flips a switch inside of them and they become a different team and it shows man it really does you
0: know loss in all this uh trey with with saint peter's knocking off kentucky was a great game between murray state and san francisco we we expected that going in uh and you also happen to watch what appears to be the next florida gators head coach last night and todd golden of san francisco with those reports coming out today
1: yeah, it's pretty crazy how all that's gone down. Um, uh, th- that conversation with the Florida Gators has been going on um, for a minute now. It's not like it just happened in the last two or three days. Um, Scott Strickland knew what he was doing when it came to that uh, that coach. And look, they were impressive last night. You know, it's like, it's like one of those games where, man, you just hate to see a team lose. Um, and, and you look at the way Murray State played. But overall, with San Francisco – I think the SEC is getting an an interesting coach, kind of an outside hire, but you kind of like it. Um, And and from what I saw last night, um, he's definitely going to bring a different style of play to the conference. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if Scott Strickland was in a suite somewhere last night here in Indianapolis secretly watching that basketball game.
0: Trey Wallace,
2: Outkick.com with uh, SEC coverage, and he's in Indianapolis covering Tennessee and Michigan tomorrow. Uh, Plus, um, he's got... Cinderella story at either Murray State or St. Peter's advancing to the Sweet 16 out of Indianapolis. Trey, great work yesterday and today. Uh, I'm, I'm, I guess there's some shoot-arounds later, uh, potentially, and media access, or is there anything like that?
1: Uh, we're a wrap for the day. Uh, they had, We just met with Rick Barnes and uh, Jawan Howard just a little bit ago, met with the players. Practices are closed to the media. Okay. Uh, while we're here. Um, but other than that, we're going to have some good content coming out about uh, Jawan Howardson's recruitment to Tennessee, uh, then also Tennessee looking ahead, Rick Barnes looking ahead to that matchup tomorrow at 5.15 uh, Eastern time. So a lot of great coverage coming out of OutKick today. We've got some couple SEC teams that will be playing uh, here more in just a little bit after Auburn's win today. And we're keeping you covered, guys, from Indianapolis.
2: Outstanding job, Trey. We'll catch up with you next week. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you, guys. Trey Wallace, Outkick.com. Coming up, Bobby Carpenter will join us. We'll talk about the the big news in the NFL, which is Deshaun Watson is being traded to the Cleveland Browns. After his camp said they were taking the Browns out of the mix, the Browns came back and guaranteed him a contract of the, the likes we've never seen in the league before. We'll detail that with Bobby, and we'll discuss Baker Mayfield. We'll also discuss how Matt Ryan handles this moving forward, where... Uh, The jokes on Twitter are the Falcons were up 28-3 on signing Deshaun Watson and just lost to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, we'll, We'll get his take there. And when we come back, a full college basketball scoreboard where the afternoon games are in full swing, and we'll preview a bit of the games to come later tonight. That's all on OutKick 360.
3: Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
2: Sixth and Peabody is rocking today. Outkick Studios, all the games... On the biggest screens in Nashville, six and Peabody, the home of Yeehaw beer and Old Smoky moonshine, and and you step out, we got some uh, outkick listeners here watching games. We step outside, Chad comes back with uh, Yeehaw beer. I mean, beer.
0: how rocking is it at six and Peabody? I didn't even ask for this beer, and I walked outside, <laughs> and someone just handed it to me. Um, I said, "Sure, you know why not?" Uh, it is uh, NCAA tournament Friday. It is slam. It's jam packed, and I'm not talking just inside. Outside right now is slammed, uh, too. Our
2: crew's got live shots of the, I, uh, of the crowd, and if you're listening and you've never visited 6th and Peabody, please do. Come by and say hello. We'd love to see you 2 to 5 Central Time,
0: 3 to 6 Eastern daily. I know what the forecast said, but I, I'm, I would be lying. I would said I'm, I'm not having a little bit of FOMO right now <laughs> no. that we're not back outside because that rain has not yet come uh, outside, and it is overcast. It's a little bit chilly, but it is quite the scene. And we're showing some of those shots. Uh, Corey's done a great job uh, with the yeah. cameras outside. Some of those live action shots of people playing cornhole, people hanging out in the bar tasting area. It's uh, it's really cool and a great spot to come watch games. Hutton, we stuck around last night and watched games. So not just during the day. If you're working right now, you get off work, come down to 6 and Peabody, watch games tonight right here. We
2: have uh, Bobby Carpenter who's going to join us in just a moment. First, though, uh, the latest NCAA scoreboard for you. In game right now. 12:41 remaining. Uh, it is Villanova, the two seed, up by 20. Make that 18. It's now 57:39. Nova
0: over Delaware. I thought that was going to be a game early. Yeah, it Delaware was. Delaware had an early lead, but Villanova sprinted out right before the end of the first half, With and they've not looked back. No issues there for
2: Villanova uh, in round number one. It is USC and Miami at the half. The Hurricanes, the 10 seed, they lead by 11, 31 to 20 over USC they have a massive size advantage to the Trojans but you have Miami with outstanding guard play leading the way at halftime 31 20 the score Ohio State earlier today knocked off Loyola Chicago by a final of 54 to 41 all these finals are going to be extremely lopsided Auburn 80 Jacksonville State 61 Texas Tech advances over Montana State 97 62 and Purdue All over Yale, 78-56. Chad, I'm looking through. We're about to see tip-off of Alabama and Notre Dame as we speak. And uh, Texas and Virginia Tech will tip off in 12 minutes.
0: Whoever is on uh, television duty during this next break, we'll need to get that uh, right TV right here on TNT for that uh, Alabama-Notre Dame tip. Alabama-Rutgers tip. No, Alabama-Notre Dame tip, sorry. Um, Also, how about Miami. 31-20 31:20 20 up early. We talked about the battle of great guard play. A small team, fast team up against uh, the gigantic USC squad with some really good post play, but it's uh, all Miami They're, in that first half.
2: They have, uh, Miami's causing a ton of turnovers in this game. 12 total in the first half for USC against Miami.
0: This also goes back to the adage that it's guards that win, right? It's guards that win in March Madness. Guards that win in tur- tournament play, and that's what Miami has, and Clearly, USC has been lacking in that department in the first half.
2: USC is shooting just 27% from the field with multiple scoring droughts. We say hello to Bobby Carpenter of Outkick.com. And, uh, Bob, we've got plenty of NCAA tournaments, scores, and updates. And then all of a sudden, we see the breaking news where Deshaun Watson is going to be traded to the Cleveland Browns, a massive contract that the Browns are handing out in guaranteed money and an about face after reports were that he told the Browns he was not going to keep them in the running. Now he's headed to Cleveland, and Baker Mayfield will be be traded elsewhere. Your thoughts on Watson choosing Cleveland over the other NFC South options?
3: I mean, it's crazy, guys. I feel like a liar when I'm sitting here talking to you about this, just thinking, like, I, I thought this was the biggest long shot of all of them. You know, you start factoring in, it was kind of Carolina and New Orleans. I'm like, okay, that kind of makes sense based upon, you know, you look at his uh, his time at Clemson. It's a friendly environment. I think Matt Rule's a really good football coach. That all those things kind of line up and it'll all work right there. So that was something I thought that they had going. New Orleans, pretty good roster. You know, they found a way to get some cap space. Also in the south, close to Houston, seemed to check some boxes. Question there was, who was going to ultimately be your offensive coach? How that all shake out? Sean Payton's not there anymore, and then all of a sudden the wild card in Atlanta comes, and you know Atlanta is a city that you know, for guys from the South they love it. They love to be there. It's kind of the epicenter, you know, of the of SEC country, and a lot of guys love to go there. There's great nightlife, you know. It's you know rap central for the South. There's a lot of things going. On. You talking about guys like Quavo and all these little rap stars calling him, texting him saying come here, and then you've got Cleveland. And what does Cleveland have to offer? Well, I've got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and it's a place that LeBron James used to play and won a title. I mean, that's really what they can provide. And somehow, somehow, they ended up being the team that has apparently pulled this off. And, you know, Adam Scheffler's reporting it. I don't think that is with this conference, uh, you know, as big as this thing is, and, you know, controversial, maybe even a sense, where I think that there is an element in just being in Ohio and understanding where you know there's some serious stuff guys that surrounded him yeah. and i'm not sitting here saying whether he's guilty or innocent i know criminally he's basically been absolved does that mean he's guilty or in- i i don't know i know how our court system works and you know what this is the way it is and they didn't even have it enough to bring it to trial so i want to push that aside but there are people in cleveland who have reached out people i've talked to are longtime browns fans who have said you know what like I'm not going to be a Browns fan if he's here. I'm like, well, wait till he gets to the playoffs, and maybe if he wins the Super Bowl, that'll change. But, you know, there is that element that they do have to factor in. But this would be the biggest thing for the city of Cleveland since LeBron James came back from Miami. I mean, I'm I'm being dead serious about this. To have a quarterback who is a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback, a guy you think can win you a Super Bowl, who's had success in college, success in the NFL, and he chooses your team, your city, over the likes of ones that are probably a lot more familiar with familiar to him, like I don't think that that can be understated in the slightest.
2: So the full terms of the trade that are, that are being reported now, the Texans send Deshaun Watson and a fifth-round pick to Cleveland. In exchange, the Browns will send Houston three first-round picks, a third-round pick, and a fourth-round pick. Those are are the terms of the trade. And I'm looking to see when these third and fourth round picks are. I'm assuming they're this year based on the wording of this report. Um, and, you know, you've got the top, you've got the top pick uh, for Cleveland headed to, to Houston as well this year. Houston can, can choose not just the quarterback, but they can get the young pieces as they begin the rebuild across their roster with all these picks, Bobby. And uh, the, the money involved here, this is a Haslam signing. Uh, Deshaun Watson, fully guaranteed five-year, $230 million contract, and that's $80 million more in guarantees Ooh. than the previous record for a fully guaranteed contract. So consider everything you just laid out about the behind-the-scenes story of Deshaun Watson that was 2021. He was in full control of this entire trade with the no-trade clause that he had. He got to pick where he wanted to go, and he got a boatload of money at the end of it. And, oh, by the way, he was paid to sit out last year, which he would have done. He, he, he wanted out of Houston last year prior to all of this, and now he gets the terms and the team that he wanted. Houston was at his mercy on that.
3: It, it's amazing, yeah, because he had the full no trade, so he could dictate where he wanted to go. No one's trading for a guy who doesn't want to go play there. And so you mentioned, you know, it's Hazlum. This is your guy, the Tennessean, swinging big. And if you look around the AFC... I mean, look at what you're looking at, Allen. You're looking at Mahomes. You're looking at Burrow in your division. You know, Lamar Jackson, we forgot about him. He was an MVP, kid, MVP winner. You got Russell Wilson coming in Denver. And I honestly think, you know, the ownership in front office looked around like, we've got a good team. And two years ago, we were on the doorstep of the AFC Championship. Now, we're hovering around 500. Can we beat these other teams that I just mentioned with their quarterbacks as we are currently comprised? And one interesting note, and and this is a guy, and I've, I like him. I like his mentality. He listens to maybe the media a little too much, but Baker Mayfield's not mentioned in that trade. Former number one overall pick. A guy who's from Texas, who played at Oklahoma, who played at Texas Tech. I mean, you would think, like, hey, Houston would at least put some value on him. And maybe they wanted him, and the Browns thinking he could get more elsewhere. I, I don't know. But the fact that he's not going back there to at least kind of keep that thing afloat, like that – I think that speaks a lot maybe to you know the situation there maybe how you know the Texans view him and the fact that Cleveland couldn't slide him into that trade to help you know sweeten that value instead of giving up a third round pick we'll we'll throw Baker in there cuz I can't imagine them being able to get a whole lot more but with Matt Ryan probably staying in Tampa now maybe you could set trade him to the Colts maybe there's some other options but it it was the musical chairs were all starting to fill up and it was ultimately who was going to be left out and that, that signing, the guaranteed money, yeah. the other piece of this is the guarantees on that. And I'm curious how those are awarded and how that's all structured um, and when that money hits and if they backloaded some of it. Because, there's, guys, there's still a chance that Deshaun Watson could get suspended for games sure. this year. And so when you get suspended, you're not getting paid. So I'm curious if they push some of that money into the future, which normally is a player you wouldn't want, but in this case – If I can shift a good chunk of it to where that wouldn't be able to be recaptured with suspension, they may have done that as well.
0: Bobby, the three of us, I think I can speak freely and say we're way more into the football ramifications of all of this with Deshaun Watson and how good he is as a quarterback and what it means to the Browns, what it means to the AFC, what it means for the Texans, everything else. But this is a league that cares about optics, right? I mean, clearly. We had mass mandates and vaccine things going on up until the very last second because the league feared optics. That was always the comment. Well, we don't want to be viewed as on the wrong side of something and, and the optics matter. The stomach for controversy is going to be key here for Cleveland because we saw Mike Vick serve his time in prison for what he did. And when he went to Philadelphia, didn't stop PETA from coming out and having demonstrations and trying to boycott the team. That is going to be a part of this, right? I mean, I'm assuming the Browns knew that going in, but while we're concerned about the football part of this, there are going to be a lot of people, regardless of charges that come down or not, they're going to point to 22 women accusing him of very bad things. And this is not going to be an all-glowing day uh, for Cleveland when it comes to media covering this. Do you think the stomach for this is a big part of it with Cleveland now moving forward And, and the story changes a little bit now?
3: Well, I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. Um, so the owner of the Cleveland Browns is Jimmy Haslam. Um, remember, like, he may know something about people being upset with him and being in legal issues before. So as far as like the intestinal fortitude to handle your name being out there and your franchise being out there, I think he has that. You could not have a leader and an owner who was worried about public perception. I think he understands this. You know, Cleveland is a city that values winning. They love football. And if that if that happens, then everything else will take care of it itself. You know, they have a, a, a season ticket list that is infinitely long. People are dying to get on there. I mean, heck, they've been coming to these games, guys, for the last twenty years and they've been awful. They've been bad and they still have sold out and they still have their season ticket list full. And people will buy their season tickets and not even go to the games. It's it's absolutely crazy. But I do think there is an element of what you're saying. There is going to probably be you know, some protesting around it. There will be people that will be out there. Like I said, I, there's been people on social media that have reached out to me like, uh, I'm not going to be a Browns fan if they sign him. Okay, it's, it's easy to talk like that, and we'll see ultimately what happens. Like I said, he, it, it, criminally, it's, it's all done. But you have an owner who wanted to make this happen and who was ready to get it done. I think you have a player who understands it. And, and also, guys like Cleveland, is a, it, it's a blue-collar town. Like, it's not, it is a great, it's a great city. The people there are tough, they're hard. Like it's not a situation where I think you're going to get To word this carefully and correctly, like I feel like sometimes there's maybe protest and a projection for just protest and objections sake, if you will, I, you're not going to get that there. I don't think you're going to get just a lot of pomp and circumstance just simply because, you know, it, it, it's, it's the NFL. I think anything that's going to happen, you know, will be by fans, then it'll probably be small in nature, and you're not going to have some massive uprising like you maybe would in other places.
0: Bobby, I should also note that the team that finished second for Deshaun Watson, the Atlanta Falcons, Arthur Blank is an owner that knows a lot about optics, and he's always positive in the optics department, right? And he was all in on making this happen. So I should note that as well. This isn't just a Jimmy Haslam thing. You got Arthur Blank. Who would be concerned about these things almost more than any other owner, and he was fine with the move being made.
3: Well, and here's the the bottom line of it is this: and uh, this is just my read on society. Maybe I could be way off, and this has nothing to do with how I personally believe anything. But you know, video goes a long way in this world, and that's you look at the Ray Rice thing and some of the other stuff that's happened. You know, video, audio to a lesser extent, and then the, you know, the third level is any type of criminal conviction. And none of those things are available in this instance. There's no pictures. There's no video. There's no audio of anything happening. And there's not even charges that were able to be brought. And so I think those guys look at that and they understand it. I mean, Mike Vick did time to ultimately in prison. And there was a lot of people out there protesting this thing. But yeah, I mean, they vetted this. And as we've learned, it's it's what, we, what our society is. Talent trumps all. And Deshaun Watson... Was the trade piece that had been hanging out there, you know, for a year and a half? He was basically like the Los Angeles media market when it came to re- uh, stadium negotiations and relocation, where you always had that. Well, everybody's now looking like, well, hey, or we don't like our quarterback. did we get Deshaun Watson? Like he's always out there. We don't have to draft a guy. He wants to leave. Well, he want to come to us. And so, you know, you look at that and you see what else is available. You need a, an elite guy, Deshaun. Watson checks those boxes.
2: Bobby Carpenter with us from OutKick.com. Devontae Adams to the Raiders uh, in a trade from Green Bay. They've also acquired Chandler Jones via free agency. Um, let's start with Adams. The, the idea that Rodgers knew about it and was cool with this, knew that he would not be playing with Devontae Adams if he re-signed and, and re-upped and extended the contract in Green Bay. Your thoughts there? I, I was surprised when I saw that.
3: I think everyone was stunned because I was of the belief that it was either all or nothing. Like, yeah. you're not bringing Devontae Adams back without Aaron Rodgers because, number one, he's not going to want to be there. You're not going to pay a guy 20 some odd million dollars a year when your team is going to be trying to find their guy. And I, I don't know if Jordan loves that or not, but you're not in Super Bowl winning mode. So I, did, I thought, but if Aaron Rodgers is coming back, I thought, heck, they're going to re sign re-sign Devontae Adams, and Aaron would only come back if Devontae Adams was going to be there but let me pose this theory to you and Aaron's a really smart guy you know he's a little bit of a different thinker and that maybe kind of you know bothers some people the way he kind of goes about things but he's, he's a sharp guy I don't think I don't know if him and Devonte Adams like their level of friendship they may not be the best friends in the world but they probably have a great working relationship and I don't know if you guys remember before last season there was like an Instagram post or a tweet about the last dance. And you know, one of them tweeted out, the other liked it. And we all assumed that that was because Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be in Green Bay. Have we ever stopped for a second to kind of flip that and turn it around and think, you know what, maybe Aaron, is part of the reason he was torn about going back to Green Bay was the fact that he probably knew that once the team went to Las Vegas, Devontae Adams had told him, like, hey, you know what, Aaron, I, I'm going to turn down more money. I'm going to turn down a better deal, more years. I want to get back here. I played with Carr before. I like Vegas. I want to go there. And so it's nothing against you. You're obviously a better quarterback and all these things and a great teammate. But there may have been, a, I, I'm telling you, I feel like that that's probably, at least in my clubhouse, Aaron would not have come back if he and not not known where this was going on. And I think probably part of the problem with him staying in Green Bay was like, I don't want to leave here. I feel like things are in a pretty good spot. And now, but I know Devontae's not going to be here. How are we going to replace him? And I think that that's probably more likely than the fact that Aaron had no idea that this was going to happen.
2: Now, Josh McDaniels paired with that offense. You've got Carr, you're right, played college football with Devontae Adams uh, going into the final year of his deal in Vegas, paired with an elite wide receiver. Um, and I mean, it, consider what they've done defensively. They've now signed Chandler Jones to rush the passer opposite Max Crosby, who got a mega deal this offseason. I mean, not only are the quarterbacks stacked in that division, now the pass rush and defensive backs are also, you know, they're up, they're up there with the best of the league, just like the quarterback well, classes in that group, and for, and for good I reason. Think we,
3: I think we just talked about this last week. I mean, the Chargers just added Khalil Max. Yeah. you got Khalil yeah. Mack and Joey Bosa, and now you have Chandler Jones and Max on you know the other side. I mean those two teams like they've got good quarterbacks they've got great pass rush i mean the the afc west i mean it's it's a gauntlet now but think about this the raiders made the playoffs and without really any outside viable receiving threat they added a pass rusher and now they've ultimately added you know in my mind me he's a top three receiver in adams in the game he's got size he catches the ball well he separates and so you're going to put that out there you mentioned josh McDaniels. I mean, we might start talking about the Raiders as a sneaky dark horse to be able to contend and compete because they were good before they just added those two players.
2: Always a busy and fun and fast segment with Bobby Carpenter. And if, for those just joining us, we, we hit on uh, Deshaun Watson to Cleveland where it's not just like a one-year contract, feel it out, and let's see how the legal ramifications work themselves out. No, this is a, this is a contract that makes Deshaun Watson a cornerstone of Haslam's franchise moving forward long-term. Mega contract and guaranteed money, five years, and they're sending three first-round picks along with a third and a fourth-round pick to Houston in exchange for Deshaun Watson, who will now be in the AFC, remain in the AFC, but playing for the Cleveland Browns. Bobby, always appreciate you, man. This is always a fun segment. Let's do it again next week.
3: Gentlemen, I love it, man. It's, hey. uh, it's, the, only, it's the only sport that can somehow trump March Madness. How's I mean, your, it's, it's unbelievable.
2: How's your bracket right now?
3: It's actually not terrible because I didn't have Kentucky. I, I don't trust Calipari, so I never have them going super far. I just feel like they fall apart. I had Iowa winning a couple games. Some of my kids, we do our family one. They had Kentucky and Iowa in you know, the Final Four you know, they're, they're in, like, mourning in a state of shock. Mine's not great, but I still have all four of my final four teams left, so I feel good about oh, you're, that.
2: Oh, you're in great shape, then. if that's the case. I have Kentucky winning the tournament. And I also <laughs> had, I also had uh, Iowa in the final four, so I'm done, I had man.
0: Kentucky in the final four, and I had Loyola <laughs> beating your Buckeyes today. And uh, neither one of those things came true.
3: Well, those were, hey, listen, those were favorites in the clubhouse. I picked Ohio State. To win one game. I'm like, if, if nothing else, like I can't abandon my alma mater if I can't at least give them one win. They're a seven out of 10, and somehow they came and got a win. But that Kentucky game, they, they're talented. I, I, and they usually make a little bit of a push, but I just can't commit to them going to the final four with where they're at. And, you know, Cal Park, I mean, they, they disappoint and they, they, they let one slip through their fingers. My wife's best friend a huge UK fan, a UK alum. So I know she's, Big Blue Nation is in a state of brutal, somber reality. It's the only. Only, I think, college fan base that you can relate to like a Bama football and Ohio State football, Georgia football, Clemson. Like the big football fan bases, Big Blue does that for basketball. And so I can imagine how sad they are right now.
2: Bobby Carpenter uh, with OutKick joins us weekly. Appreciate you, man.
3: Hey, thank you guys. Have a good one.
2: There he is, Bobby Carpenter, Buckeye. Buckeyes look good today. Uh, The games have not been great, but there is a solid game going on right now. We'll update you on the game of the day thus far next on OutKick 360.
3: You ready?
1: Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy.
3: What are do it later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes!
1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's
3: Fall guy. what like the poster said.
1: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy.
3: Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read at PG 13.
2: David Reed is the chairman of the board making the show happen for us. Adam Brown, production assistant. Gracie Fontaine, the same. Place is packed at sixth and Peabody. About to give you a full scoreboard update. Deshaun Watson is a Cleveland Brown. That's crazy. <laughs> we, they, he had an Instagram post that he's, you know, he's, he's headed to the dog pound. And Chad, it's not just like, a, oh, we let's trade for him and he'll be better than Baker, and then we'll we'll see how much he can play. He's like, this is a cornerstone type contract. Um, $230 million fully guaranteed over five years, which sets a new NFL record for any position. It's 80 million more than the previous quarterback record for guaranteed money. And I mean, it's not even close to the type of money you get if you're a non quarterback. I mean, it's so much more. I mean, this is a mega deal and the Browns are all in with Deshaun Watson To me, there's some. I don't know if there's an assurance that he's not getting a a huge suspension or any... I don't know what is laid out there, but I don't know how you invest this in Deshaun Watson unless you know he's available. Let's take
0: a second to think about...
2: And you made a great point with Bobby. The ownership structures that were involved and were in place that were signing off on this trade.
0: Yeah, it's not just Jimmy Haslam. You know, it's Arthur Blank, which... Those two guys are viewed oh, differently David, in the David NFL Tepper, owner you know? circle. Yeah, I mean, you know, these are guys the of Saints of high esteem that had no problem with it. So that bodes well for, for uh, Deshaun Watson. Let's take a second, though, to think about Baker Mayfield right now and his level of motivation. This is a guy who has an eternal chip on his shoulder the way he plays. And I'm not saying that Baker Mayfield is going to be so overwhelmingly inspired now that he's going to become an elite quarterback in the NFL, but you better believe this guy's got an ax to grind uh, with the Cleveland Browns, with the NFL after all of this and the way it's gone down. And the fact he knows now what he told Adam Schefter yesterday, it's, it's irreparable. The relationship. Yep. We have to, to, to part ways and move on. Well, now we know they're moving on. The question remains though, where does Baker Mayfield land? What, what's his landing spot? in this? Well, To me, Indy now makes the most sense.
2: If you're Indy, do you want him or Garoppolo? I like, want Baker Mayfield. If you're trading for a quarterback.
0: I want Baker Mayfield.
2: Well, with Garoppolo, you, you can have longer term. Uh, I mean, I guess if you trade for Baker, you can extend his contract too. But I, I, would, I think I would lean Baker Mayfield as well. Based, based well, on... Look, it's not always choice. It's not it's not a lopsided decision for so, me, though, on who I would select there.
0: I say this and I understand it's not necessarily the Colts' choice to do this. But in recent years, they've had no problem having a one-year solution at quarterback and seeing what happens. Right. Phillip Rivers, uh, Carson Wentz, they were hoping that was more long-term. It wasn't, but they were quick to move on and trade him. So I, I look at the options and think of Baker Mayfield at his age... Why not trade for him? Let him have this year. See how it goes. And then if it works out, you got your, you got your long-term answer at quarterback.
2: All right, let's give a, the scoreboard update uh, across the NCAA tournament. Uh, and then we'll have Austin Price from VolQuest.com preview one of the big matchups for tomorrow. Uh, if you're watching, you can see the scores. Listening, look, we've got one really good game right now. Tied at 40 is Miami and USC. The winner will play Auburn. USC came clawing back with a three, and then they had a block on the other end, and they score uh, off the turnover. They turned it over 12 times in the first half. Miami had at one point a double-digit lead. It's now tied in the second half. We'll continue to get you updated on that, and let me quickly check the time remaining in the second half because they just went to commercial. It's 11:50 remaining in the second half. Uh, other games in progress: Alabama and Notre Dame underway. 7:27 um, remaining first half. Crimson tied up by one, 22-21.
0: Big note from that game: Javon Quinterly, star player for Alabama, is out for the game, likely out for the tournament with a knee injury early in this game. So he is out. That is a big development for Alabama, not just in this game, but if they win moving forward. He is one of the two-star players for the Crimson Tide. And
2: Alabama, if they can win, or, or Notre Dame, they, they advanced to take on Texas Tech, who had no problem with Montana State earlier today. Um, Texas and Virginia Tech, also a game that has just tipped off. Very early on, it's 11-7, Virginia Tech. After winning the ACC, I, I'm curious about how they proceed into the tournament. Right now, one-point advantage, first half, 11-10 the score. Uh, again, USC and Miami tied at 40. Um, Villanova and Delaware, 20-point advantage for Villanova. It's 77-57 as they are going to get Ohio State coming up on Sunday, which should be a really good game. Delaware came out hot, and then Villanova has finished uh, this game off to where they are too much uh, for, the, uh, for, for Delaware, it's 78-57, uh, late second half. And before the five-minute mark, Delaware, they cut the lead to 16, but Nova has pushed the lead back out. We uh, will continue to update you on all the endgame scores. Later in the show, we will preview the night games, the evening matchups that will tip off at 6.50 Eastern, 5.50 Central time. And we will also be previewing tomorrow's matchups. One of those games, Tennessee and Michigan in Indianapolis. As Michigan wants to use their size to their advantage in what's going to be a critical defensive matchup for Euros Plopsich. We'll get Austin Price's take on this matchup and moving forward for the Vols over the weekend in the tournament. That's all coming up on OutKick 360 on the OutKick Network.